Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Football Manager Mount Post podcast, episode number two. Um, I'm back with you. I'm your host, Ross, and as always, uh, oh well, as as last time, Alex is here with me. Hello, good evening. How are you, sir? I am very well, thank you. Had a good weekend. I've had a lovely weekend, actually. Yeah, yeah, just um, mostly quite relaxed and um, played a bit of Football Manager, but good did stuff. did some real life as well. Oh. Brave man. Uh, I know that. Setting aside. Let's not talk about that, though. <laughs> well, setting aside the, the Southampton score, what, how good is it to see Gabby Dini play for Saints? That's very exciting. Um, I mean, yes, obviously not a great performance, and I am a bit concerned at the moment. Our uh, points per game, if we mm. if we sustain it, is looking like a 43-point finish, which is you know a slight margin of safety, but... Uh, we're not we're not performing currently. Yes, obviously the high of the EFL final, but you know we do need to yeah. pull our socks up. Yes, well you got Gabby Dini. You bound to get goals. FM Wonder Kid, um, and also with us is Greg. You may recognise his voice from the Mount Hope podcast. How you doing, sir? Evening, everyone. How are we all? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you very much. So you're a big football manager player. We've oh, yeah, we've yes. talked about this at. Countless opportunities over the past five years doing this podcast. Yeah, it's kind of been a just when real life football is too horrible to bear, which <laughs> as a Portsmouth fan is is fairly often. Um, it's nice just to dip into the FM world where things yeah. don't tend to be as bad. <laughs> right, some wrongs yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll start this week with um, our saves, basically, and how we're getting on. Um, Let's start with you, Greg. You, what's your what's your main save you've got running at the minute? Well, I've still, I've basically since you know getting uh, getting FM seventeen back in October, I've only had one save, and it's uh, every year wow. first game I, I play is with Portsmouth. Um, it's quite a, it's quite a good challenge actually, mm. um, getting you know, back to the big time, uh, going from League Two back to the Premier League, um, yeah. and it's, every year it's just a, a nice easy challenge, or not easy. But <laughs> a, a, a nice challenge to start with. Um, I the do, first season should, should be easy, shouldn't it? Well, yeah. Well, this year it wasn't. Um, <laughs> um, no, I quite like the you know, the restoring previous past glory uh, games. Yeah. That's something that I do tend to look for. I think Real Oviedo in Spain is another one that I, I try and do yeah. every year. Uh, but yeah, so this year uh, you try to think that the getting out of League Two that's the really easy bit. Um, with the budget and the squad available to you at Portsmouth, it uh, should be a, a walk in the park. This year it wasn't, um, where I lost in the playoffs. Ouch. Um, yeah, in the playoff final to Yeovil. Uh, not my finest moment, and that <laughs> uh, just was followed by a massive clear out. 
Um, what I've suspected for a long time in real life is that Paul Cook has put together quite a mentally weak side and it <laughs> proved to be in football manager as well. So a big clear out, sold some of the crown jewels um, and then reinvested the money. And since then, it was uh, it was three uh, straight promotions. Back to back. Um, luckily, you've got quite a supportive board there who do put up some funds year on year. So, League, league Two in the second year won the league quite uh, comfortably. Yeah. League One, that was average start, but then put a run together and uh, ended up finishing second. And then in the Championship, after a horrendous start, it was October mm. and I was lying 21st and I just Oof. lost 7 1 at home to Wolves. Ouch. And I thought, Christ. Oh, can things get any worse? But you know, a few slight tactical changes, and uh, uh, we put another run together from January onwards. Sneaked into the playoffs on the last day, and then triumphed in the playoffs. Got back oh, in the nice um, didn't make too many improvements uh, in that first season of the Premier League. Uh, basically, just took the money and got relegated. Uh, oh, really? But now, <laughs> yeah, um, finished 18th. But I'm now cash rich. That TV money and the parachute payments are. Fantastic, and now I'm um, sixth in the championship. After oh yeah, that's, games. that's more so, than enough money yeah. to see you for another couple of years, isn't it? So yeah, that's been my, that's my uh, big FM17 game so far. I haven't really, I've dabbled in an Aberdeen one, but um, Portsmouth one has taken my attention so far. The the willpower to only have one save game between now and October. That's immense. I've started about four games this past week. <laughs> right, it's, it's just so addictive when you get one game and you kind of get connect, you know, form emotional connections with these players. Yeah. Um, it's like you, you, it feels wrong if I go a day without <laughs> checking in on the boys. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so I mentioned last time my, my Aston Villa save, Alex, that's, that's ended in a car crash. I've been fired and, um, <laughs> we're never going to speak of that save ever again. I, I don't even know what save you're talking about, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get on to the kind of our main one uh, later. What have you got going on besides the uh, the set pieces this time? Um, so I've been dabbling with, well, as part of the the set pieces stuff that we're doing, um, mm. because Bet Bright are very kindly sponsoring us. Um, which I'd point out they're sponsoring the whole site, not just the football manager project. So it allows the oh, set right, pieces okay. to, to write, um, or to, sorry, to pay people to write lots of the other interesting features that they do, not, not just yeah. FM stuff. Um, so part of what I'm trying to do for them is to replicate famous tactics that teams have used, yes. uh, in, in the FM, so I've done the the Simeone Atletico, I've done the Catanaccio. I've been working on a couple of those. Let me tell you that mm-hmm. trying to do an old school two three five <laughs> is not good. Um, <laughs> so I, I set it up with Manchester United because I thought a Carrick can actually play as a as a decent halfback. Charlie Roberts yeah. was an incredible genuine halfback for United in the 1930s. So there's a nice historical echo there. Zlatan Ibrahimovic works as a as a you know a big guy up front in the number 9 jersey. Yeah. They were eviscerated. <laughs> the best result I got was a two-all draw at home to Tottenham. Now, wow. I'm trying to work out whether or not and I'm I'm talking like going down 4-0 to Leicester in the um what's that silly <laughs> cup at the beginning of the season that the, the Oh, the, the League Cup? No, the... the uh, 
Charity Shield. Charity yeah. Shield, thank you. Oh, that was. Um, so, so I'm kind of thinking, like, is there maybe a, a call to say, okay, we can't, we can't do a kind of a quintessential two-three-five, which I was doing with with two centre backs, three defensive midfielders, uh, two attacking midfielders, wingers, and a striker, but maybe withdrawing the wingers, maybe making it slightly asymmetrical so that that one of the wingers is a complete wing back because basically yeah. this this game engine and it was a feature of 16 as well it seems to me massively overpowers the full backs and goals from out wide yes so, my full backs get so many assists oh, it's, it's unbelievable it's ridiculous and also in terms of concession very often a lot of the goals that I've conceded with Rangers as much as with anyone have been uh, counter-attacking breaks yeah. where a low cross is pulled back uh, my defence are struggling to rearrange themselves and it's it's a goal. Yeah. Obviously, if you're only playing two centre-backs, even if you've <laughs> got very good defensive midfielders, that that just doesn't, it doesn't work. So I'm thinking of ways that maybe I can tweak that, try and bring in something of that kind of style that Guardiola was using at Bayern. Uh, I've also yeah. been playing around with the AC Milan 2007 Champions League winning side. Uh, with more success, it has to be said. Um, right. But, I mean, I, I love doing this sort of thing. I, I, I go into the nerdy football tactics websites. I, I research, you know, from Spielverlager and Michael Cox's earlier stuff. Um, yeah. And, and try and kind of really pin down the essence of, of how a team played at that particular point and then think about how I can replicate that successfully in the game engine. Because there's... You can build a team that does certain things, but it might not actually win games for you. So it's a sort of a balance of trying to marry historical precedent with something that's actually effective in the current game. Yeah, I've got the I've got the game running in the background of the podcast, and I've just set my team up in, into that formation you said, and it just baffles my mind that it looks mad. Uh, well, no, it is mad. <laughs> well, it, it, yeah, it's, as proof it's to be, yeah. genuinely bonkers. I mean, I think. I think there's a potential for it to work if you um, pull the wingers back to uh, to what would be you know wide midfielders and yeah. and and have a sort of like a Christmas tree formation but with an actual kind of pot at the bottom. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's a rather hideous image. Um, <laughs> that could work, or like I say, if if you keep you know keep your right winger high on the pitch like a right winger but actually mm. pull your left winger all the way back to a left wing back and create a kind of asymmetrical effect because I'm assuming that would allow the, the the rest of the team to sort of shuffle sideways out to the right to defend yeah. if that was required um, but it is very very tricky and the other thing of course is that that style of football was very much you know feed it to the halfback the halfback bangs it long to that sort of attra- attacking five yeah. They try and shift it wide and then bang it into the target man. And again, that's just not a style of football that works very well. Yeah, you know, this game engine doesn't seem to like direct football very much. No. The more you retain possession, the more you control, the the lower the tempo, the more likely you are to get good results. So mm. um, you know, it's just it's not a happy fit. <laughs> no. But I will persist because <laughs> I like a challenge. I like the idea of Sendros as a back two, one of the one of the back two. <laughs> That's literally my nightmare. 
<laughs> Greg, what kind of um, what kind of tactics have you employed then with Portsmouth and your your main save? Is it a standard one throughout the leagues, or have you yeah, tweaked it as it's you go? Been, I'm very much stuck in my four-two-three-one ways um, mm-hmm. with just some slight variations upon a theme as I've gone up through the leagues. In League Two and League One, it was more of a we're going to score one more than you. Yeah, approach uh, playing two central midfielders um, instead of defensive midfielders, which I've deployed in the championship and uh, in, my, in my one season in the Premier League. Uh, I yeah. put massive um, importance in those two centimeters and they, uh, and they win the ball back quickly. And then, like Alex was talking about, direct football isn't uh, well received by this game, by this match no. engine. So it is just retain possession, keep the ball, be patient until a, uh, an opening presents itself but uh, yeah they do pick up a lot of bookings uh, <laughs> we're looking you know 20 a season um, wow. but yeah it's uh, but winning the ball back is so important and winning it back quickly and then controlling the game from there yeah well you mentioned bookings me and Alex we mentioned last time we're going to start a game and play it through together well, I played one game um, we, we did it as Millwall and I'm, I'm, we're into, I'm, my last game in January was a away game, a home game, sorry, at, against Chesterfield. I had three players sent off <laughs> with inside an hour. The true, the true, true middle star. <laughs> that is, yeah. Well, one got, one got sent off for a rash challenge, and then another one who'd already been booked got sent off for a second booking for mouthing off at the referee. Which, that infuriates me more than anything. <laughs> Hashtag lads. Well, yeah. I like the togetherness of the team, but yeah. not doing me any favours by doing that. No. And then, yeah, I lost another player five minutes later. So I, within the space of five minutes, I was down three men. <sighs> Infuriating. There's, but, not, um, there's not a lot you can do about that, really, is there? No. Especially, yeah, you're getting sent off for a descent. I can't really, I can't change that. I haven't no. got time to change it if you're moaning about someone else being sent off. Uh, but we'll get into that save in a minute. Let's... Talk briefly, Alex, about your um, your range of safe all set pieces. It's mm. it's been up and down, fair to say, recently. Yeah, it has been. It's been tricky, and and I have to kind of. Okay, we've got the second biggest wage budget, but we are still operating at, at half of what uh, Celtic have got, and twenty yeah. k a week of that is going to Joey Barton with his pace <laughs> of eight and his aggression of twenty. Um, so you know it's it's not a it's not a good squad, um, and there are a couple of young players. Matt Crooks is really starting to come good for me. Jordan Rossiter is excellent, and Diego yeah. Poyet that I signed on a free, he's doing very very well. But it's it's been very difficult to to find a style that that suits them. Um, I've actually started to employ this the tactic which I I kind of developed. A little bit for the for the Millwall save, looking at the squad that they had, yeah. Um, and now that you know, it's kind of a four three three with an attacking central playmaker rather than two inverted inside forwards, yeah. Inverted wingers, um, and because of of how this match engine works, the the focus is on keeping possession and and passing it short, and we're racking up a Astonishing passing numbers now. Yes. Um, you know, it's sort of 550, 600, 650 passes a game that are actually working. Um, 
since the board gave me the ultimatum, we... <laughs> I know, I know. Their expectations uh, for the season were ridiculous. They were well. ridiculous. And that's, again, that's something else that you're battling against. You know, you're not... It, it would be extraordinarily difficult to win the league against that Celtic squad. Yeah. Um, finishing second, you know, one would hope would be a realistic expectation. But winning yeah. it is... Mad. Um, and, you know, I kind of... I, I chopped and changed a lot with it, which I, I think we didn't do a pre-season with it, which meant that right. when all the players came into it, they were A, not fit at all, which didn't help, and B, mm. um, there was no time for them to familiarise themselves with the, the tactics that I was using. And I, I really think that actually, particularly in this game, the importance of pre-season, of getting a team, you know, fairly conversant with, the, the the predominant tactic that you're going to use before you go into a season is absolutely yeah. crucial. Um, so that was kind of a struggle. But I, I you know I now feel okay. We've we've lost we lost the three one at Motherwell, um, but we've got we've had good results otherwise. And I've got two. I think from memory, I've got two home fixtures coming up um, that are both winnable. So yeah. I'm hoping that I said to the board, give me till the end, well, pretty much the end of January, as is yeah. in the game. And um, and I think if I get, you know, one loss and five, four or five wins from that, that really should be enough to, to save my job. Um, but it's it's tricky. Like, it's it's very tricky. And it's when you've got 30,000, 35,000 people watching you playing <laughs> and offering their constructive criticism... <laughs> Um, Stuart out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's surprisingly tough to kind of um, to to deal with that. Yeah, some of the comments I, I see on Twitter that they are funny, but I, I can't imagine having to deal with that while trying to deal with Ian sitting across from you as well, especially yeah. in the old firm games. <laughs> no, I, I mean, you know, Ian. Actually, Ian, you won't meet a nicer man. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> but it's it's weird how. Because it's a thing, and this is a phenomenon of this game, and, and I, perhaps this game alone, it's people take it so seriously. Oh yeah, and people. I mean, fuck, I take it seriously. I'm not. I'm not begrudging yeah. anyone that at all. Um, and it's so much a part of so many people's lives in terms of of you know a thing that they go back to again and again, a thing that provides kind of sucker and uh, mm. as you were saying earlier, you know, an escape from real football when it's gone bad and all of that kind of stuff that. People really buy into what's happening and 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 follow it and comment on it and engage with it, which is great from the perspective of running a successful series on a website. Yeah. But when you're not doing very well, <laughs> some of that engagement by default is you don't have a clue what you're doing, et cetera, et cetera. And I, you know, I kind of feel bad. I feel like I, you know, I've developed this kind of way of playing and it's all gone well so far. I've never been sacked. As a manager, <laughs> football manager, it's never happened. And even the closest I came was when I did the Livorno series for UMAX set, and I had a board yeah. ultimatum, and we pulled it together and won the Coppa Italia that season. Um, you know, this is this is tough. Like, <laughs> and and yeah, okay, I'm playing football manager for money. It's not. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? But at the same time, it's um, it, it adds a it adds a level of pressure that I hadn't expected. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Greg, have, have you been sacked before on FM? I've, I've been sacked countless times. Um, 
No, I don't think I've ever... I'm trying to recall uh, an occasion where I've been given the boot, but um, if I have, it's never been on the back of bad results. It's because I've uh, got a bit fed up. <laughs> Leaked up to the press, yeah, you've blown uh, it up. <laughs> said, oh yeah, made eyes at another club and not back down. <laughs> Refused to apologise. Yeah. Um, but no, I've never, never been sat on the back of poor performances. It's always been an upward trajectory. Oh, it's just me then. <laughs> well, yeah, but if, if you are going to take over Aston Villa, mate, you make yeah. sure you're running back. <laughs> I was going to yeah, say, true. I don't do stupid things like that. So. True, it's mainly been in games where I've been under the, yeah, Massimo Chino's been my chairman and things like that, yeah. It's, I'm making a rod from my own back, definitely. <clears throat> Let's get into our our podcast save then. Um, mm. We decided, well, I decided, let's do one with Millwall because... They hold a little place in my heart. I shouldn't really say this as a Leeds fan, but when we started this podcast, we had a Millwall fan who was a, a founding member. And he he got to me, Greg, every week, listening to his stories of Millwall. He got he got into me, and I quite like Millwall now as a club. And their recent troubles and stuff, uh, they've got a pretty good young squad, I think, Alex. Mm. Do you know, they've got a lot of young players there that are really talented. Yep, they have indeed. Um, Fred Onyedinma... Yes. Is, is an absolute joy to manage in the advanced yeah. playmaker role. Um, ben Thompson's very good as well. And the Joe Martin. Um, yeah. And there's another one. Where is he? I've got it all here. Jordan uh, Arch Sid, is a good goalkeeper. Sid Nelson, the centre-back as well. Sid Nelson, the centre-back, is very, very good. Uh, mm. And James White, the 17-year-old ball-winning yes. midfielder. He's just he's just just drawn my first team around Christmas time because yeah. of suspensions. <laughs> yes, weirdly, quite well. <laughs> I I'm not as far ahead as you. I'm still languishing back in mid October because I'm not as dedicated. Clearly, um, <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of free time on my hands, <laughs> and, and I I really don't. Um, but no, this is a great little team to manage. Um, mm. So what? So how are you? What what setup are you using? I have gone with, I think, pretty similar to what you've mentioned, uh, Jordan, as well, 4 3 one, two, um, mm. with Anya Dimmer as the advanced playmaker. Yeah. I've got uh, Ben Thompson as a ball-winning midfielder, which is not his best role, but it's where I can fit him into my team. I've also mm. got uh, Sean Goss on loan for Manchester United. You're joking. Have you got him as well? I've done exactly the same thing. <laughs> and played him as a deep, deep-line playmaker in the centre of that midfield three. Oh my god! Yeah, that's exactly. What I've <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, seriously. Uh, and then on the other side of him, I've got on loan from Leeds, uh, Calvin Phillips. Um, okay, I haven't. He's also I haven't as a ball-winning midfielder. So I've got I've got a lot of people pressuring the ball, getting them back, and yeah. then moving it on to Goss and then moving it forward. Um, Lee Gregory's been the star for me so far. He has got um, where are we at? So I'm in. I'm just into mid-February. He's got 20 goals in 34 games for me. Ooh, nice. And Onya has got 12 assists and 10 goals as well. So those two have formed a very good partnership. Yeah. I struggled with a, a strike partner though because I'm playing Gregory as the um, what is he? He's a advanced forward. Okay. Set to attack, which is his his full best position. Mm. I have a target man up with them mm. now. Millwall start with Steve Morrison, and yeah. as as Greg would be well aware, I hate Steve Morrison <laughs> <laughs> with a burning passion. Okay. So he was sold day one. He went straight out of the door. He went to Burton Albion, 
Um, how's he been getting on? Three goals in 21 games. How about sums his career up for me? So I've, I've struggled to get someone to replace him, but I got uh, Matt Smith from Fulham. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, good signing. The big fella. Yeah, six foot seven. Perfect for the uh, target man role. He's not scored that many. He's got many assists, but I feel he's... He's he's working well with Gregory. He's kind of just holding up the ball and bringing the other two guys into it. Yeah. So it's, it's going pretty well. I'm I'm in well. I mean, yeah. I'm in February. I am second in League One currently. Okay. Behind a streak in MK Dons, they've lost two games this season. MK Dons. They're not being caught. I don't think. Yeah. Ridiculous. So I I've got. Well, I've played. Eleven, twelve league games. Yeah. Uh, I've lost. Two. In fact, my worst run of form has just happened. I drew one all at home with Charlton, right, uh, and lost two uh, one away at Northants. But I had a run of four games in fourteen days, and by the end of that, they were exhausted. Yeah. Um, MK Dons likewise are topping League One, but with uh, me in second. I went out to Stoke in the EFL Cup second round. I went 3-0 up right, and then lost 3-4 after my goalkeeper for some reason ran to the edge of the box and then decided not to kick it and let someone (laughs) dribble around him. We had like 60% possession, massively outpassed them, shot more on target. It was just, it was just ridiculous. Um, Oh, was this the screenshot that you posted, wasn't it? On this the, is the screenshot. The set I pieces, yeah, that was yeah. domination. Apart from the the four goals they scored. Honestly, it was it was bonkers. But <laughs> so I've I've got like you say I've got a very similar setup to you tactically. Mm. I'm using um, I'm rotating the midfield round a bit. Sean Goss is the starting one, and then I'm using Abdu uh, yeah. as a ball winning midfielder on the right hand side and support, and I'm using Ben Thompson as a box to box. Okay, um, because yeah. he's got a cracking long shot on him. Yes, yeah. Um, Gregory, I've got as a poacher up alongside Aidan O'Brien as a target man, who's doing a good job for me. They've both got nine goals and three assists each. Oh, nice. Um, I'm using uh, Shane Ferguson uh, as my left back and yep. Marlon Romeo as my right back. Neither of them are particularly well suited to the fullback support. But they get forward a lot, yeah. and it seems to work. And Nelson is a very solid um, central defender, and I, I tend to use um, Tony Craig or Jordan Spence, who I signed on a free alongside him, and they're both doing oh, nice. very, very well for me. I'll go rid of uh, Tony Craig as well because of the, the wages. I play Sean Hutchinson alongside Nelson. Yeah, I, Hutchinson's good. He's Hutchinson's starting to get a bit whingy about not playing first team for me. <laughs> but to be honest, Nelson's averaging 7.47. Um, wow. uh, Craig's on 7.12 and Spence is on 7.03. And I've been using him as a right back occasionally. So why I drop any of them, I don't know. No. Um, but the standout guy for me is Abdu. Um Four goals and four assists in twelve performances, and a seven point five three average. Oh, he's wow. just he's absolutely dominating it, um, yeah, which is good. great because he's he's a fan favourite in real life as well. Oh yeah, uh, James is a big fan, isn't he, uh, mm-hmm. Greg? 
He loves Jimmy. Yeah, he loves Jimmy Hebdo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's, he's, he's been a big part of my season. He's played 30 games. Uh, he's mm. been, he's had a couple of injuries and a couple of suspensions, obviously. And he uh, goes abroad f- occasionally to because he's one of the few internationals as well, isn't he? Yes, I, I tried to call off two games because of international call-ups and they got rejected. So <laughs> I've lost both of those games <laughs> on the back of that. Um, I've been fairly busy in the transfer market. I didn't want to, but I got, as I showed you, a hell of a lot of injuries at one point. I had about six or seven first team players out. Yeah. So I picked up Jamie O'Hara straight away. Oh, uh, right. That's because he was available on the free. Straight ex from of, Big Brother. Ex house. of Pompey, right? Well, yeah, ex of Pompey, and yeah, straight from Big Brother. <laughs> He's got really good, like, majority of stats are 12 and 13s across the board, basically. Mm. So he, he works well in that midfield. He's kind of, him and Goss kind of rotate um, in that role in the middle there. I got I got Chris Willock on loan from Arsenal, who I've had on previous games, who becomes a like a world beater. So I'm kind of hoping that he can become that again. I've got him on a two year loan. Um, the only problem is the formation I'm playing. He's not kind of being used to the best of his ability, but I'm trying to retrain him as a attacking midfielder, advanced playmaker, because mm. his best positions are inside forward on the left. Um. The rest of the signings are all kind of fairly innocuous. But yeah, I got rid of Tony Craig, Steve Morrison and Sean Williams um, in the first transfer window and actually sold Aidan O'Brien for a million pounds to Brighton. Oh, right. Okay. Because oh, I'm a bit further than you, I don't know if you've found it yet, but I am losing a hell of a lot of money very quickly. Yes, I had noticed that. And that there's, yeah. you know, you start off with nothing in the transfer kitty, nothing mm. to play with in wages. Um, and it gets worse. But it's quite a threadbare squad, so I was kind of and, and you know going with Moneyball anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm wary of of chucking people out. I signed Matt Macy on mm. loan from Arsenal as a backup goalkeeper, um, just in case. But I've not had to use him. Um, but I think I think that's it for. I mean, obviously, I, I went heavy on you know trying to improve the backroom staff a little bit. Um, yes, but it's yeah, I've not I've not been chucking money around really. Well, I've bought in. I've bought in a fair few staff members actually, but they're mainly to try and improve my scouting range. I've got a new assistant, uh, Roger Nielsen. Yeah, the the Norwegian. Um, I bought in lots of Scandinavian scouts, uh, especially Patrick Anderson. Always ah, get Patrick Anderson. <laughs> always, always get Patrick Anderson. <laughs> yeah, he's brilliant. Patrick Bjorn... Anderson and Derek Langley are the two. Like I've got both of those. Yeah. <laughs> Good man. Like Bjorn Bjorn Tor Carve Kvarme, formerly of Liverpool, and uh, Kenneth Santa as well. So I've got Sweden, Norway, and Denmark all covered, mm. which is nice. Uh, but yeah, I'm 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 enjoying this save actually. It's it's going well, and besides losing lots of money, um, I think we're on course to get promoted this year. So, I'm which is then going to be a massive challenge because yes, I, I think. I mean, I, I'm kind of looking not forward but forwards to the the, the people circling, particularly over Nelson and mm-hmm. um, on on Den- I don't on I think I've been on struggling with on it as well. Denma. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, and and probably Ben Thompson as well. Um, mm. And I can kind of see this being a situation where if you get a good bid for any of those, the board step in and say, sorry, chum, but, you know. Which, yeah, yeah Jordan Spence is only 26 and is very, very solid and was free. 
Mm. But I don't, you know, I don't want to be, if I get promoted, which again, I think I'm probably on course to, um, I don't want to be losing my two or three best youngsters because that's, no. that's the core of the squad going forwards. Well, I handed out some fairly, not, not fairly large for the level contracts to ward off some early interest in Jordan Archer and Sid Nelson. I've got tied them down for another two or three years just to kind of mm. dissuade Arch is, those other players. Archer's good, isn't he? He's very good, yeah. I'd yeah. go as far as to say probably the best keeper in the whole division. He's only 23 as well. And he's, I mean, he's averaging just under seven for me, which for a goalkeeper is pretty exceptional. Looking at him now, he's played 33 games, 24 conceded, 14 clean sheets, yeah. averaging 7.05, so yeah, just over yeah. 7. Super happy with him. Yeah, but it's going well, and besides people not wanting to know that you're managing Millwall, it's quite an enjoyable save, and it's good to talk to someone who's doing the same mm. thing as well, to see what they're doing, and it's kind of and spooky that we're playing almost the same game. Same way, and yeah, but it kind of... It, it sort of confirms to me that sense of there are, you know, like someone like Sean Goss, you kind of think, okay, I've got a system, I need a guy, where can I go and get one from? Yeah. His numbers look decent. You know, if, if you're if you're an experienced player, then you're going to be making similar sorts of decisions when you're playing the same sort of game. Yeah. It would be weird if, if you know, we suddenly went, oh, fuck it, let's play a, <laughs> a 5-3-2 with this. <laughs> I mean, actually, a 5-3-2 probably would work, but do you know what I mean? It's There, there are sensible ways to, to set your side up depending on who you've <clears> got, and clearly with Millwall, it's maximising Onya Denma's potential. Yeah, uh, yeah basically my whole team maker. is set up around him. Absolutely, yeah, it's the same here. And then it's mm. it's almost working backwards from how do I get the most out of this guy? And uh, to be fair, I saw... He first came onto my radar in real life when they beat... Was it Bournemouth? They beat 3-0 in the Cup. Was it Bournemouth? Uh, yeah. I think yeah. that's right, yeah. Um, and he just... He was fantastic. And I thought, mm. oh, you know... It was like when I did the Bristol City save for the set pieces. That You know, I picked them because Bristol City were one of the televised FA Cup games that weekend <laughs> that I was choosing a side and played against West Ham and did well. And I thought, yeah, OK, I'll... I'll take these guys, um, yeah. and I, you know, it quite often informs that. And, and clearly, Millwall are looking at, at building a side around him. So mm. you kind of think, well, it, it's logical to do the same in in the game. Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll I'll keep you updated, Greg, through our WhatsApp on uh, how I'm getting on with Millwall and how I uh, lead them to gloriously to the Premier League. That's good. Goal. That's probably <laughs> the goal. It is. I think for me, getting into the championship and staying there is the first goal because Millwall have been kind of an up and down team the last couple of years. Uh, they've been in League One, League Championship, League One, Championship, League One. So it's getting there, staying there, and then pushing for promotion to Premier League and yeah, trying to stay there, which is <laughs> going to be a real struggle, I think. But <clears throat> there's a lot of good young players there to build that team around. So hopefully, it's a, a promising one going forward. So, what we are going to do now, chaps, is we're going to have a little test of both of yours, football manager knowledge. And also, I've got a question that Chris of this podcast sent to me. Oh, okay. We'll do, yeah. we'll do we'll, this first, and then we'll do absolutely. that Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Okay, so I am... Actually, Greg, you're the guest. Would you like to go... You've got five questions on football manager-related things. Would you like to go first or second? Can I go second, please? I'll put in all the pressure on <laughs> straight away. You bastard. You see, <coughs> skate, always escape. 
<laughs> okay, Alex, these are your five. Um, there's a couple related to Southampton, and the rest of them are kind of things that you probably should know from the world of football manager. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so question number one is uh, multiple choice. Well, there's three things which pick the highest. Which of these three Cristiano Ronaldo stats is the highest? Composure, determination, or technique? I'm going to assume technique. Technique is rated as 15 in the game. Composure is 13. Yeah, 15 thought was quite low. Determination is 20. Well, that's that's how you end up having a body like him. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yeah, my in-game determination is four. Um, can I can I point out that I would never manage Cristiano Ronaldo because why would you take over at Real Madrid? Well, yeah, I think that's grotesquely unfair. It's not fun, is it? Uh, I've, well, like, like, like we said last time, it's no fun managing those clubs. No, no. I do I do feel like I'm missing out a little bit though. With all these <laughs> great players, I'll never get to manage. Yeah, true. Because it's just well, I mean, too easy. It, it is a game. You can just do it anyway. <laughs> No one's going to know, Greg. It's fine. <laughs> All right, second question, Alex. For you. Name two of three clubs listed as Southampton's affiliated clubs when the game starts. Uh, so Eastleigh's one. Yes. Um, I think... Is Swindon one? No. You've got one team in mainland Europe... And one team in England. I'll give you one more chance to get either of the other two. I'm going to go for Basingstoke. Oh, no, you've got uh, Ryo, Vaiacano, I assume, as the full title of them, and Walsall. Walsall? Yeah, apparently a Southampton uh, affiliate club when you start a new game. Bloody hell. <laughs> Something to strike at Charlie Austin. He's quite proficient in a lot of roles in the game, but mm. which attacking role is his most adept? Is it a deep-lying forward, target man, or advanced forward? Austin would be an advanced forward. He is indeed. That's his best role. Question number four. Within five, how many international caps did the underrated Swedish scout Patrick Anderson win for Sweden? Oh, God, that's awful. <laughs> Fourteen. Oh my god, you're going to be shocked. He won 96 caps for Sweden. What? <laughs> yeah. I love Patrick Anderson. Oh no, 14. <laughs> 14 is his judging player potential. <laughs> yeah, and 11 is his judging player ability. That's what, Oh god. Yeah. I've gone horribly wrong. And finally then, when you load a new game, which of these players has the highest transfer value? Is it Gareth Bale, Leo Messi or Neymar? These are three of the top five, so I've made it pretty tricky. I'm I'm going to say Gareth Bale. Bale is second. Neymar has the highest transfer value when a new game starts at 62 million. Bloody hell. Bale is rated at 60, or valued at 60, and Messi at only just 55, a paltry 55 million. Well, you I pick didn't him up do with very well there, did I? <laughs> uh, one out of five. Jesus wept. <laughs> you're gonna, yeah, this is going to be a long-running thing of Alex taking on the guest each week. So, Greg, you've got a good chance to put him in his place straight away. <laughs> I'm going to fucking revise fine. next time, Greg. You're, <laughs> you're the lucky one, mate, because everyone else is getting <laughs> fucked. 
<laughs> right, good. Go five questions then. Okay. When you when you start a new game, what level is Portsmouth's training facilities? Are they average, adequate, or impressive? Um, oof. I'm gonna go with what were the options again? Average, impressive, adequate, or impressive? I'm gonna go with adequate. I don't think they're quite up to impressive standards yet. According to football manager, they are impressive. Are they? Oh, <laughs> It's not so easy, is it, Greg? It's not. It's actually quite <laughs> hard. Um, yeah. I'm not, right, I don't try... concentrate on what's happened at the start. It's the legacy that I leave. That's the well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> good That's answer. Important bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, which of these three Lionel Messi stats is the highest? Anticipation, teamwork, or long shots? Oh, so long shot. I can imagine that would be quite high. Yeah. Is it teamwork, the first one? Uh, teamwork and anticipation that you're up to. I reckon it's anticipation. Um, it is. Anticipation is yeah. 19. Long shot, 16. Teamwork, of thir- only 13. Oh. It's all about him. All about him, isn't it? Oh, messy. When you start a new game, how many staff members in the entire database are listed with the world reputation of exceptional? Is it one, three, or five? <sighs> Christ, <I have>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no Managing Pompey, you probably never look for these. No, um, <laughs> I mean no one's going to think any less of me if I get this wrong. Um, I'm okay with just the one. It is just the one. It's, uh, it's a Belgian physio. I can't remember his name right now, but yeah, oh, just the uh, one. Leo Meschelik or Meschelik. That's the one. Meschelik, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Greg, you're doing pretty well. Can I have half a point for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll give you half a point for that one. Oh, cheers. <laughs> Um, two more questions then Greg which of the following players when the game starts has the highest transfer value is it Thomas Muller is it Paul Pogba or is it Mesut Ozil um, well, I'm going to go for Pogba just on because uh, he would have just made a big money move yeah you think that in reality so maybe that uh, <laughs> not a lot of money maybe that's reflected in the game so that's what I'm going to go for You'd be sensible to think that. You'd be wrong to think that also. It's Mesut Ozil, apparently, valued at 55 million. I would have put him bottom of those three. Yeah. (laughs) Thomas Muller, just a 49.5 value. Bargain. Absolute bargain. Uh, Finally then, which player has the highest value in the Portsmouth squad when you start a new game? Is it Kyle Bennett, Christian Burgess, or Milan Lalkovic? Um, Oh, I was expecting to say Connor Chapter. I thought he'd be the one. Um, (laughs) Uh, this was a long time ago for you now as well. Uh, I reckon who's good? Who's good? They're all fairly handy. Burgess, well, though, Burgess is a good man, as we found yeah. out last week. Uh, I think he's just centre backs tend to, particularly in League Two and League One, that's where uh, the most valued players are. I only go Christian Burgess. Burgess is valued at three hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, Milan Laukic at five hundred and seventy-five thousand. Really? And Carl cool. Bennett at just a poultry 275. So, Greg, you win. I'll take that. Any, I'll take any win. <laughs> Is that uh, two, to two, and a, two to one and a half? <laughs> the, the final scores. <laughs> that's, Real experts. <laughs> man, that's an evil quiz, though. Seriously. <laughs> that was difficult. Someone's I mean. gone deep to hurt us there. I have. My wife came home from work yesterday and I was researching this while my, daughter, my two-year-old daughter was watching YouTube on the iPad. Yeah. <laughs> parenting brilliant um, 
You've got a question then, Alex, from one of our listeners and one of our own very own podcasters. Yeah, so um, Chris uh, at Captain or at Sea Armband, um, why are some players so good on FM and not in real life? And do real clubs use FM as a scouting tool? Well, on that second point, yes, they do. Um, I have a lead story, if you'll let me. Um, mm. Back when we were under the incredibly successful reign of GFH, they decided to not sign Ashley Barnes because Luke Varney's stats were higher on FM. Luke Varney uh, is yeah. dire. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we know that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We've both had to suffer through Luke Varney. Uh, but yeah, so we turned down a chance to sign Premier League striker Ashley Barnes to keep hold of Luke Varney because of football manager. That's bonkers, man. Yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> Nothing they did during their reign made any sense. But anyway. <laughs> wow. Lots of clubs use it, don't they, as a database? Um, I mean, I know, I know that... Prozone, which powers the some of the data gathering within the game itself, is a tool that's used yeah. by uh, clubs. Whether clubs actually use it themselves, I I would be surprised in the sense of you know booting up a game and seeing what. <laughs> Do some scouting. Um, but having said that, you know there are there are there are two and a half thousand nearly clubs that are researched in depth by sports interactive when they make it yeah um and the level of scouting is you know as good as what a decent club would be able to put together themselves mm. so it's you know it, it while and, and and i think some of the scouts that are used by it may freelance for or, or be more fully employed by professional clubs as well yeah um so there's an overlap, even if it's not, you know, being used by clubs specifically in that way. Mm. Um, in terms of why there are, you know, good players, bad players, and and that sort of thing, and you know, your Cherno Sambas and Mark Kerr's, <laughs> and whoever, um, it, it's simply that when you know when a player is 16 or 17 years old, it's really hard to know if they're going to be any good. <laughs> yeah. And if you're if you're prediction system is is based on the same sort of metrics and the same process as it is for real clubs which it is then it's it's a very real possibility that the people that you think are going to be world beaters don't turn out to be so i i did a piece for sporting intel a while back um who've actually just been nominated for a sports journalism award Um, and and the piece I did on Football Manager was mentioned in the, the citation for that as part of the kind of wide range of stuff that Nick Harris does there. Oh, nice. um, so I looked at the players from FM 2005, yeah. and and they had, um, you know, as wonder kids, world-class potential players like Carlos Tevez, Philip Lam, and Vincent Company. Right. But they also had Kostadin Hatsarov, Jonathan von Laffen, and a guy called Jonathan Legier, um, <laughs> who who probably no one's heard of. Jonathan von no. Laffen, you might have heard of because he scored, he's the youngest goal scorer in the Euros. Uh, right. Or he was, no, he was before Emre Moore did it for Turkey. Um, and then you got players like Stephen Taylor was hugely highly rated back in 2005. <laughs> um, and, you know, he's 
solid professional career. Um, yeah. uh, but then they also tipped people like Javier Mascherano and Cesc Fabregas. So, you know, it's yeah. like anything, it's going to come good or it's not. And there are a huge number of factors in that. And it's, I think it's part of the cultish appeal of the game that there are Cherno Sambas or Jonathan von Laffens who mm. ignite in the football manager world and then fizzle out in the real world. And you can kind of be like, ah, well, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I had them in my in my full Kirk side of 2002 and he was incredible. <laughs> I think that's where he came from originally, full Kirk. Or Mark Kerr, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, we've all got players that we've had in game that the main one that springs to mind for me is Ibrahim Abakioko. That when oh. he signed for Everton, I was over the moon. I thought, oh, yeah. they've, they've signed a, a glorious goal scorer. He was yeah. terrible. <laughs> but yeah, he, he would dominate games for me. But yeah, it, it it just doesn't happen sometimes for real, in the real world. It doesn't, they don't match what the game's predicted because at the end of the day it is a game and it's, mm. it's hit and miss like anything. It's all down to an individual to fulfil their potential, I suppose. And that's the thing, is that the, the game is... I think no one can necessarily look at the game and say that when that snapshot of a person was taken at the age of 16 or 17, that there wasn't all of that potential. Mm. Um, it's not that the game necessarily wildly overestimates how good a player might be. It's that players have injuries or they get a manager who doesn't like them or they're playing in a system that doesn't work for them. There's a plethora of different reasons why it might go wrong. And so, you know, am I saying that Football Manager is a a superb guide to predicting things? No, obviously. But I think that's probably more down to the vagaries of real life than it is down to the ineptitude of Sports Interactive. (laughs) Yeah, I think they did a pretty good job of it. I would suggest so. Yeah, they're not too bad. Any players for you, Greg, that you kind of you think of highly in the world of football because of Football Manager, but they might not um, be actually as good as they are in game for you. Well, my current one at the moment is uh, Chris Long, who, has, right. um, if I have a quick look at his his ports of stats now, I got signed him on loan in my first, second season, League Two, and signed him at permanent at the end of that season. He scored 109 goals in 140 Jesus. games. Um, across all four divisions um, he has just gone on loan to Bolton in real life <laughs> um, but we'll see how he develops but he's uh, one that I've uh, uh, I'm keeping an eye on and then from previous games I think uh, Ricario Zif- uh, Zivovic um, yeah. who scored he's um, I think from a side in Holland I can't quite remember and Leo Bastow uh, they were two players on FM16 that um, always uh, that scored a lot of goals. I haven't quite seen them in the real world yet. Um, there was one back. This was a while ago. This must have been FM oh five. Um, Volomir Vukic, who played for Portsmouth, he, brilliant, brilliant yeah. FM player. God <laughs> was he, was he related to Hans Vukic, who was a really highly rated prospect at Newcastle a few been, years yes. back? I think he was also. Serbian, I want to say. Um, I'm quick look. He might have been Croatian. Uh, I'd imagine. No, I don't was. think they are actually. But yeah, he um, he was brilliant on that game. Lots of goals, lots of assists. But um, no, dreadful in real life. 
Um, <laughs> there's um, one player um, who I did um, for my Rail Oviedo game. Uh, yep. You know, I follow them actively now on, in real life. We're quite out to go up to, to go and watch him was Diego Cavero. Um, he's a bit of a club legend there, and he just scored goals for fun, um, whatever level he was at on the, uh, whether it was in uh, Segunda B or Segunda or in La Liga. Um, right. Just legends. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Which uh, any any names for you, Alex, that kind of really stand out? Sergei Nikiforenko um, was uh, was somebody who I had. Uh, this is going back to like ninety seven, ninety eight, I think, for a Napoli <laughs> save. Who just uh, he scored it like a goal a game. It was wow. absurd, um, and I don't. I'd never heard of him otherwise in real life. Um, also, um, uh, what was his name? Colboyn Sigthorson. Yes. Uh, who again? And this was this, the thing with him and Nicky Franco was their 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 actual stats weren't all that great, um, but for some reason they just scored and mm. scored you know um so yeah i suppose those those would be the two that would really stick out to me um no no one especially recently because i think i think it's the the game is sort of you know apart from regens obviously coming through but yeah the game is ironing that out a little bit um so that what, maybe what's the... You're up on this. What's the story of that Celtic regen? I can't remember his name right now. Oh, Ivica Stroke. Yes. Yeah, or Stroke. I'm not sure it's how brilliant. you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, no, it is, it's it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> but there is, you know, that's... He's sort of taken on a life of his own. and, and Yeah, very much so. Actually does charity work and stuff like that. <laughs> it's marvellous. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think the thing for me as well, because I've been, because I've been doing... God, I'm not going to say I play football manager professionally, but you know, for the last <laughs> sort of two years, I've I have been working on saves for the purpose of publishing them. Yeah, pretty much like with the Bristol City save when I got to the end of that tenth season, and I, I, you know, I finished what I was doing for Ian and his site. I, I mm. just put it down, um, and I've not played it again once since. Right. Um, and so. If I'm doing like a five or a ten season save for the purposes of writing about it, I don't really get massively into the kind of regen territory anyway. So, no, they're not. You know, I'm not forming those sorts of attachments to to players in quite the same way. I think. I think that's fair. Yeah, you you you've got your vision set out. You don't need to differ from that too much. Mm. <clears throat> Adam oh, Alexander is another one that's just come to mind. <laughs> I had, I had back to Bolton, where, it, I yeah, I had this field game where he was must have been FM twelve where he was him and Lachina, uh, Lachina Traore. Yeah, um, they were a, a potent duo up top. Yeah, Mario Yardell as well. He would always score goals in real world, and then came to Bolton and was incredibly fat and yeah. <laughs> couldn't really move. <laughs> but I think uh, we could about pull this one to a close if we've not got anything else for this time. No, I don't think no. so. Yeah. Anything else, Greg? No? No. I think get back to my game. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right, then. Well, until we return next time, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Man of the Post. We're, of course, part of the World Football Index, which you can find at World Football Eye. Um, and there's big, 
plans in the works for World Football Index and stuff they're doing going forward websites writing more podcasts even more podcasts if you don't really get flooded by them like I do every day in your podcast feed um, even more of them coming uh, obviously us at Man of the Post on Twitter at Man of the Post and on iTunes just search Man of the Post and leave us a little five star rate and review and if you do have any questions for I say for me for Alex mainly for the next podcast um, let us know get, on, get us on Twitter or you can email me ross at man of the post dot com to hear them uh, you can find Greg on Twitter at uh, Greg Kitchen and Alex is on Twitter at at AFH Stewart with an EW and I'm on Ross Bell 1984 Alex you have a book out don't you uh, we do um, and it's available through the Put Nails in Goals site um, that I edit and uh, it's called The Men Who Stare at Goals it's a football manager anthology um lots of really really great writing in there saves uh, advice on recruitment and a lot of personal stuff so i would thoroughly recommend it oh and ian's done the foreword um which is nice of him <laughs> even though he's your big rival at the minute yeah you know, <laughs> breaking the fourth wall but we actually get on all right <laughs> so greg thank you for joining us no worries i don't have a book uh, <laughs> You're a teacher, you haven't got time to write a book. No, I have no time. I barely have time to play football manager. (laughs) (laughs) Alex, thank you for joining me once again. Uh, Really good uh, to be here, and thanks very much. And until next time, always remember to have your man on the post. (laughs) 